Welcome to Basically Tall Tales, the collaborative short story podcast featuring tales you can basically call tall. My name's Adam. I'm Todd. And I'm Jared. Each week, one of our writers will write one-third of a story before handing it off to the next writer to either continue or finish. The first writer will get to choose whatever genre they want to write in, and the other two will just have to deal with it. Today, we have a story by me, Adam, with the first part of a new story. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe for more stories each week because we're always writing more comedy stories and your social media interaction keeps us going. Without further ado, here we go. gentlemen i hope you're excited for a story today that's a good clean story zero dick jokes no poop humor um just good goofs for the whole family i i refuse to believe that awful are you are you sure that it it can be done like technically it can be it done. can be done it, no it certainly can be done that's yeah. amazing and today today is oh, either either it, is, it has been done or you'll fire me i suppose <laughs> <laughs> If I can't make a joke that doesn't involve a dick, I guess I'm just a hack. (laughs) Well, we we mentioned recently to each other that uh, stories might not even need to be funny someday, but yeah, I still I still like them that way. Um, I I don't know. I think you know. I I certainly do enjoy a chuckle. Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not ever going to write a straight story. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll be honest. I tried to recently, and, uh, you know, every time you write, like, something, like, you write the words, the the character screamed in anguish or something like that, you're like, God, this is so... God, he could really use a dick in his hand right now. Yeah, right, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just just to liven it up a bit. Like, it's, I don't know, anytime I write anything that's not comedy, I'm like, my god, this is so trite. Uh, it's okay, man. You, you, it's okay to, like, lean into your feelings. It's okay to have those feelings and share them on paper. Maybe. I'll take your word for it. It's actually it. a lot less cringe than you, yeah, I mean, you you might feel cringe when you write it, but, like, well, I mean, most artists feel like their own shit is cringe. Do I mean, they? That's a pretty universal feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, certainly in university, uh, that's one of the things we worked on. Uh, in, in, How not like, to be cringe. Photography, right? <laughs> and no, we had we had a, a lot of like. How to ignore critiques. the fact that and, you're like... cringe? I think is what that class was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's mostly that like you are your like biggest critic. You are always going to be your biggest critic. As that's a hundred percent true. If you're if you're not your biggest critic, then then you are cringe. <laughs> like yeah. that's. Okay. If you don't feel like your story is cringe, then, oops, you are cringe. Oh, like, that's, that's a good. Then you're way probably to feel about it. writing a Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction. That's such a catch twenty two. <laughs> yourself as the main character, because like, yeah. like either you're self aware enough to understand, like, <laughs> like you're you're self aware and therefore like feel too self conscious about it, or you have no self awareness and have written trash. 
and yeah. I or think have made trash. Jared, your, your, uh, your Sonic the Hedgehog is. fanfic point is actually more true than than a joke. Like, because oh, that's the that's the point of Sonic the fan, Sonic the fan, Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> fan fiction is that it's all <laughs> self, it's oh, all self inserts that are totally badass and yeah, too cool to hang out with Sonic. Self insert uh, power <laughs> fantasies, you know. Yeah. Like the power to have a sexy anthropomorphic boyfriend, like yeah, it's it's all it's all Mary Sue's, so that's why it is cringe. I think at the heart that's of cringe, I... there's like a dissonance between like the tone and like the yeah. text and subtext of the story. Like, yeah. like, like he's dark and edgy, and and then everyone feels like this, and they respect him. Is what yeah. the story says. Is what those like, the literal words on the page say? But then like the character has never done anything to like justify that and so there you're like oh that's cringe because and like that's that's yeah. where you're feeling that so yeah. like part of you can have like I, a dark like broody character yeah. but like if you don't write him well then it's cringe if you write him yeah. well then you've just got like batman yeah if his name is some form of sephiroth then it's cringe Jeez. yeah that's it's always gonna be cringe in that case even the original sephiroth yo we should write a cringe batman oh, i think i have my next story no, but uh, part don't, of the reason Batman, I last don't think I didn't hear you Warcraft say that, Jared. was because uh, they started letting fan fiction writers do half of the story dump for every um, expansion in a novel that you had oh, to buy separate from the really? game. Definitely, yeah. every time a series goes on long enough for the the generation that grew up on it to then start mm. writing it. It's oh, yeah. uh, it's gonna become cringe. Yeah, yeah. It's probably. Yeah, what I think. To Star Wars. Uh, I think we should ban people who grew up on a story to write the next iteration of it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just gotta write something new. I agree with the sentiment. Yeah, just actually, make new, please. Yes, super agree with that. Write something new. Stop doing derivative work. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of derivative work, this week's story is called "Frosh Out of Luck." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love derivative work. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's so marketable. I mean, technically, that's yeah. what our podcast is. And so, and so is. this we will be as well. finish each other's stories. So, like, it's all derivative of whoever wrote before. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love it so much, yeah. I think. We can put this on our fucking resume. <laughs> I'm a derivative writer. <laughs> <laughs> Who is cringe, but I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I am cringe, therefore I am. All right. <laughs> what was the story called one more time? Frosh, Frosh out of luck. Nice. Here we go. Okay. So, Frosh the backstabber lay staring up at the stars on a bedroll that he'd bought despite Sparkle's persistent badgering to steal the things they'd needed to get to the <laughs> altar of Splurge, the devourer of mice. He'd promised to call him Frosh the frugal, but Frosh knew it would somehow backfire on him, and he'd get an even worse moniker, like... Frosh the Stealer of Soap. <laughs> that stinky old troll lay on the extra bedroll Frosh had so generously given him, snoring up a storm. Unable to sleep, Frosh decided to take a short walk away from the crackling embers of the fire and their simple campsite along the River of Dread. It flowed, ge- bleh, bleh, bleh. It flowed gently, and the quiet trickling made him want to pee. <laughs> Far off to the west, the silhouette of Mount Dread was a black ink spot on the horizon. The River of Dread, this far from its glacial source was more or less a babbling brook, 
Nature's call overtook him, and Frosh stumbled through some bushes to get closer to the river for privacy. Hello, traveler. A voice came from the bushes to his left, and nearly made Frosh slip on a river rock. Help! Help! Someone! Help! Frosh said, scrambling to get out of the bushes and back onto the path where he could see more clearly in the starlight, and more importantly, be nearer to Sparkles. A small, shadowy figure followed him out of the foliage. Chill out, traveler. You've stepped into my shop, as it were. What might one like you need at this hour? Could it be earplugs? The proposition of a quiet night's sleep pulled Frosh out of his panic, and he took a better look at the figure. It was a little green goblin with a hooked nose and warty skin, wearing a shirt and breeches made of some undeterminable leather. (laughs) He squinted to see the intricate needlework. (laughs) What? Goblins aren't racist. Did we have opposite reactions to that? Oh. (laughs) Goblins are crazy racist. They're Jewish caricatures. Uh, what? I mean, no. I what? Mean, Wait a minute. What? Uh, in Harry Potter, and there's a reason for that, and it's because uh, J.K. Rowling. Because yeah. J.K. Rowling's anti-Semitic. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but the whole hook-nose warded thing. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. A Jewish I, stereotype. As I did the line, I was rubbing my hands yeah. together. <laughs> Why would you do this? And reading a Torah. Don't do this to my character. <laughs> He's just a goblin. Hey, you're the one that said you had a clean episode. <laughs> this is a clean episode. You made it racist. Now, here we go. <laughs> he squinted to see the intricate needlework that patched together hundreds of, le- of pieces of leather. You like my mouse skin shirt, do you? Sorry, I'm not in the business of selling the shirt off my back, but take a look at this. The goblin started unloading his pack onto a rug he'd unfurled onto the trail. Sorry for the, you know, shouting and all, Frosh said, coming to sit down on the rug. The little goblin pulled out a brass oil lantern and lit a match with his thumbnail to light it. The orange glow of the wick illuminated an assortment of handmade goods of varying competency. The toothpicks and wooden spoons were of fair enough quality, but what drew his eye most of all were little balls of a dark brown waxy substance mixed with strands of flax. I haven't slept in days, and at this point, I don't even care what they're made of. How much for the earplugs? The goblin sniffed the air and grinned. Your jerky for my earplugs feels like a good trade. Not as delicious as mice, but a fair holdover. I bought these on the Plains of Misery. I'll have you know, they weren't cheap, Frosh said, handing over a small bag of dried meat. The goblin passed him the earplugs and started packing his things. Ah, the Plains of Misery. Yeah, it's easy to misread that sign. I didn't know what to expect, but a retirement home sure as shit wasn't on the list. Hey, could you scream for me real quick? Oh, he said, sticking his earplugs in his ears. A wave of silence washed over him, and the goblin opened his mouth, ostensibly to scream, but no sound came out. Wonderful. I can finally get some sleep on this fucking quest, he said, and stumbled back to camp, and slept like a dead man. Morning came, and Frosh was warmer than he expected to be, in the cheap blanket he'd packed. He could hear Sparkles frying something, and he hoped if he slept ten more minutes, he could get out of eating whatever strange creature Sparkles had scrounged up this time. (laughs) He tried to roll over, and something warm and fleshy touched his arm. Recoiling, he rolled over the other way, and out of the bedroll. The goblin from the night before sat up and brushed the blanket (laughs) off. Good morning, the goblin said through a yawn. Good morning, my ass. What are you doing here? I've come to join your quest, traveler. Frosh, 
This quest to burn the body of a child mouse on the altar of Splurge to resurrect him is of the utmost importance. Secrecy is a must, or the mice men will surely move to intervene. Sparkle said, Ooh, I've never heard of mice men. Do they taste as good as ordinary mice? The goblin said, licking his lips. Frosh could see now that he had a mouth like a bear trap. If the quest you pursue involves mice or men, or these mice men, I'll gladly throw my hat in the ring for a chance at a taste of their flesh. Frosh rubbed his temples. It was far too early in his day for this shit. You'll either have to join our quest now, or we'll have to kill you. You know too much. The little goblin just stood there smiling. I trust you can be more discreet than Frosh the Blabbermouth. What do you bring to the table? Stop giving me stupid true names. <laughs> Hail and well met. I am Splur... Splurch. Splurch. <laughs> the eater of mice. I craft and hunt. By the looks of your camp and those poison lizard eggs you're frying up, I am confident you're in need of my assistance. <laughs> Hold up. Poison lizard eggs? I totally knew they were poisonous. This was just a test, and you passed. <laughs> Sparkle said, dumping the contents of his still sizzling frying pan into the coals of the fire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> With flying colors, we lost our good friend, Tulag the Vague, in the plains of misery, and sorely need a third to balance our fellowship. I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, he's not dead. Well, he is dead. But since he's a specter, he can't die again, and thereby evaporate into the ether. What I mean to say is, I don't need your condolences. Dulag just stayed there to help that old man paint his garden fence in exchange for all of his beef jerky. And they took, I mean, he guess he can't eat it. <laughs> that's where they got the jerky yeah 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 good to know we've established where the jerky came from <laughs> <laughs> yeah look look it, 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 check off jerky right if you show jerky you gotta tell where it came from yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. rule of writing you gotta make a masturbation joke because it's jerky but you didn't so uh, and i we're, we're still very proud of you we're uh look subverting expectations you know yeah. Monumental <laughs> restraint is what I've exercised. It's beautiful. Today. I'm loving it so far. Can't wait till the masturbating ghost comes back, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, here we go. Sparkle said, hefting a large bag for effect. It smelled wonderful, with faint notes of black pepper. Wait a minute. We're not going to vote on this? Nope. Welcome to the fellowship of the burning of the corpse of a mouse child at the altar of the dead lake to resurrect a dead god to save humanity from the mice men come let's eat a new breakfast that's not poisonous and i'll tell you all about our plan after some definitely necessary elaboration over jerky stewed in river water the fellowship set out to cross the river of dread <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah i mean it shouldn't be that gross but i i mean any river I've seen, I wouldn't want to boil jerky in. 
Well, you so they're boil they're the literally drinking the river water. I mean, rehydrating <laughs> jerky by boiling it is not appetizing. No. <laughs> but I am imagining nice brown New Jersey water. So yeah. that's Ooh. that's my fault. I'm I'm <laughs> projecting. Yeah. This is a fantasy river. And it's only brown because of the pine trees. It's not actually that bad. Uh, all right. It wasn't that hard, but with it only being ankle deep at this section of the river. Frosh grumbled about getting his feet wet, so Sparkles cast a spell of perpetual dryness only on his own shoes, <laughs> just to gloat and annoy Frosh. They hiked for hours spell? until they came to a path from the <laughs> They hiked for hours and came to a path from the south that curved and went west, and followed it at last coming to a forest of tall pine trees, into which the path went and the ground rose up on an ever so Slight incline. Pine trees. The water might be brown. It could be brown, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Pine trees don't turn water brown, but okay. They do. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Maine. And I grew up in New Jersey. It could be all the clay in <clears throat> the yeah, water. In Maine, I mean, the clay, the clay in the riverbed could... Maine could rivers are brown, brown because possibly. of mills. Pine <laughs> not, trees. Ooh, not sawdust. the pine trees. No. Pine trees don't turn water brown. All right, Jared, you're up. The forest of mild inconvenience. Our greatest challenge yet. What's so terrible about this one? Sparkles, this whole trip is turning out to be a great disappointment. Not that I wanted to suffer and be pushed to my wit's end or anything, but the plane of misery was a huge letdown, and the river of dread is just a technicality. Well, how about we hike through the peaks of actual peril on our way home, then? Sorry, I didn't know I needed to help fulfill some kind of fantasy for you. You're the one who dragged me into this quest to begin with. You keep telling me to steal shit. I should start calling you Sparkles the Bad Influence. Now that's nostalgic. Takes me right back to high school. Splurge read the room, so to speak, and interrupted the spat before it could really ruin the atmosphere of the quest. The forest of mild inconvenience is considerably worse than either of the realms you passed through on your trek here. But have no fear, you have me as your guide now. The quarreling pair turned to look at the goblin. Oh yeah? Most certainly. It is said the path that runs through it is uphill. That don't sound too bad. Both ways! Also, it's full of poison ivy, so don't step off of the trail. And if you do, not to worry. I have a tincture made from my own saliva and earwax that should relieve any itching. As it was said, the path through the forest was uphill, both ways. And for once, Frosh could enjoy the satisfaction of overcoming a properly named obstacle. <laughs> they came to a poison ivy-filled clearing as the sunlight waned, and Sparkles cast a fireball to burn it all away. They made camp in the slightly smoking crater and tucked into a dinner made of pan-fried mice, courtesy of Splurge. Uh, if any of you go camping, do not burn uh, poison ivy. You will end up in the hospital. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> because if you breathe it in, the oils get into your lungs, and then you, you know. <laughs> Ooh. So it's a very, very Ooh, bad thing. Spicy. My, I should have written that into the story. No, my grandfather always told me this story about that. Like, when he was a kid, he and his friends were camping, 
and they cut down what they thought were some small trees, but turned out to be just very large stalks of poison ivy, and they burned them, and they all ended up in the hospital. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And that was your grandfather's old-timey hospital, too. That must have been yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. Well. The morning light pierced the canopy, and Frosh turned over in his bedroll. Just ten more minutes, he thought, and his hand touched something warm and fleshy. He sat right up, threw the covers off of him, and drew his sword this time. Splurge, I told you never to spoon me again. <laughs> All right, this is a different character, Jared. This is the elf. Silence, worm. Uh, an unfamiliar, high-pitched voice said from behind him. Frost turned around to find an arrow leveled right at his nose. Going by the bird-like features of the face and the pointed ears and green jumpsuit, Frost picked this creature out as an elf of the forest, renowned the world over for their marksmanship. He dropped his sword and put his hands up. Good. Now sit over there with your companions. <laughs> the thin elf said, <laughs> pointing his arrow to a spot. <laughs> kind of want you know I like it. And it's going to pay off dividends later. The thin elf said, uh, pointing with his arrow to a spot at the center of the camp where Splurge and Sparkles were sitting, next to the campfire. Splurge had his hands tied in front of him, and Sparkles had his frying pan out and was doing something over the fire. Frosh complied, and the elf followed holding the arrow drawn in his bow, the effort of which Frosh noticed was making his twiggy arms tremble. You, wizard man, I told you to sit and put your bindings back on. The elf screamed. Sparkles just laughed at the elf and kept fussing over the fire. <laughs> the elf's eye twitched and he snarled, saying something in Elvish that Frosh couldn't have repeated even if he wanted to. The arrow wobbled around on the arrow rest. Hey, let's put the arrow down! Hey, let's put the bow down before we shoot somebody. <laughs> Frosh said, doing his best to be placating. I'm sure we don't want that, but we can talk this out. No, I have captured you, interlopers. And now you will sit for me and stay captured. <laughs> Sparkles oh, snorted a short laugh. <laughs> he's doing his best. And Splurge gave the elf a helpful grin, holding up his hands to show off the poorly tied bindings around his wrists. Will you stop that? The elf said. Oh, <clears throat> I'm terribly sorry. Sparkle said, clearing his throat, or possibly holding back a giggle. This is a very serious situation we've found ourselves in, Frosh. He said. Don't patronize me. The elf snapped. But the irate trembling and the effort of holding back the child-sized bowstring was too much, and his finger slipped. <laughs> oh, no. The arrow shot, <laughs> the arrow shot from the bow, like an arrow, and sailed through the air what? and lodged itself in a tree beside Frost. <laughs> like an arrow. Good thing it didn't fire like a bullet. That is <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. That is true. It shot like a bullet. Yeah. It killed the, the arrow. Shot like a bullet. <laughs> but if if it says like a bullet, that implies they have guns too. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Like a magic <laughs> like missile. Elves of the forest, but they have AKs. <laughs> yeah. Except this and they're really just terrorists. Anyway. <laughs> elves are just the Viet Cong, right? That's what they're supposed to be. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's the, uh, what are they? The the Ewoks. That's what they are. Ewoks are the Viet Cong. If anyway, this elf calls um, anyone a round eye, I'm canceling the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Smiles, but make terrible Look, joke. Look, this story is full of clean. This is the good cleanest one so far. Racist <laughs> comedy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frost jumped into action and full on open palm slapping the elf in the face and knocking him to the ground, oh. kicking the bow away from him. He scrambled for where his sword lay on the forest floor and came up in what he thought was a cool looking battle stance. The elf sat there in the dirt sobbing. Which took all the fight out of Frosh. I knew he was gonna cry. <laughs> oh man. I'm a failure. Gruella will never agree to marry me now. There, there. You were pretty intimidating. Splurge said, patting the elf on the shoulder. No, I'm nothing compared to my clan. Ooh, clans. Come on. Done all races, He's all elf, elf clans. <laughs> what are you talking have, about? <laughs> they definitely have clans. They do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Listen. And wizards. That's like six shares. Come on. Grand Not wizards. Not even my best what, 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 rope what? work. <laughs> Not even my best rope work could hold this lowly goblin down. And to be defeated in combat with a slap... I'll never regain my. <clears throat> I'll never. I'll never regain any of my dignity. Look, we promised to keep our mouths shut. That good enough? Frosh said, feeling oddly sorry for the elf. No, the birds will sing of this tale. Ooh. I bet his clan will know what happened before he can even get home. Sparkle said. The elf broke into tears once more. Uh, a bow isn't exactly a good close-range weapon. You should have had a sword or something. But I'm an elf. Swords are against the rules. If only I could disappear and no longer be a burden on my family and clan. Oh god, no. The elf said. It's your lucky day. You've run into Frosh the Backstep. Say, have you ever thought about leaving the forest behind? You can make a new life for yourself. <laughs> ah, a fellowship of four. Sparkles perked up at that. Just what we need to round out this adventure party. An elf, a master marksman. He said with a glint in his eye. <laughs> I'm not really all that great with a bow, to be honest. <laughs> they hadn't noticed. Yes, okay. <laughs> I don't think he's listening to you. Sparkles was indeed not listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> Important. Important to have written down. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just got to be very clear that Sparkles doesn't give a fuck about this elf. No. He, <laughs> he wants to have a party. Yeah. Or breakfast, at least. Yeah. Look, we, we all know <laughs> that the only thing that happens on adventures are walking through the fucking outside and eating foods. Yeah. And then sleepings. Breakfast, and second that's breakfast. that's what a quest is. Yeah. Yeah. He whipped them up another breakfast of dried meat stewed in river water. (laughs) Which sounds great. Anyway, uh, he whipped them up another breakfast of dried meat stewed in river water, 
and enthusiastically told the elf all about the quest to wake a dead god, and made several insinuations that now that he knew too much, the choice was either to come with them or die. What? With the final member of the fellowship more or less along for the ride, our heroes set out to finish the last leg of their journey, a day's walk gently uphill to the dead lake at the center of the forest of mild inconvenience. This is no longer a fellowship. This is them capturing an elf and dragging him along with them. Yeah! <laughs> the fellowship of the ring was a united peoples, not... not a prisoner and <laughs> three guys that didn't <laughs> hey, couldn't I'm bear sure sending him back in shame to his own people. <laughs> I'm sure as long as he exposited here, then the elf would be like, oh, well, I mean, my people would probably want to support this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the gaslighting of the mouse. Yeah. <laughs> the dead lake, ever so slightly too salty for fish or any other kind of living thing to make a comfortable home in, had an island in the center, where the ruins of a stone temple sat. Sparkles conjured a raft of pure energy, and the fellowship of the mouse floated to their destiny. Alighting on the island, they made their way up the stone steps that ringed the island like a pyramid, to the altar at its apex. The altar was covered in dust, but an inscription in its side was conveniently mostly legible. Splurge bent down to read it. To Splurge, the devourer of mice men. He said reverentially, Now all we need is a mouse child. Frosh, produce it and fulfill your destiny. Sparkle said triumphantly, Wait, you didn't bring one? I thought you were going to bring one. Why would I have the mouse child? You're the chosen one. Chosen by you? You should have said something when we were back in the (laughs) forest. Not to worry. Fate has brought us together. I'll find your mouse child, Splurge said, wandering off from the bickering group. He was gone for some time, Frosh noticed, long enough for Sparkles and himself to finish their spat. The little goblin finally came back near sundown, blood smearing his lips and a small furry lump (laughs) clutched in his hands. I don't even want to know, man, Frosh said, carefully taking the crumpled mouse child from him and putting it on the altar. Sparkles (laughs) cast a bonfire spell and the mouse child burned up on the stone. The clouds above began to swirl until a black void pierced the sky at the center of the vortex. The smoke from the bonfire wafted up and was drawn into the center of the vortex. A spear of black lightning shot down from the void, and a blast of sickening silence followed, like anti-thunder. The bolt struck Splurge, the goblin, and his form began to contort. His body quadrupled in size, and his features exaggerated, becoming a monstrous caricature of his former self. He cackled and screamed into the dusk. Now... All mice and men will die, once and for all. And with that, he sprinted off and leapt into the sky. What? <laughs> he just <laughs> leapt into the sky? He can fly now? <laughs> I mean, I'm imagining it like a like a, like a a Bethesda game asset that just, whoop, gone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah pretty much, yeah. He's just like, and <laughs> ragdolled into the sky, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now the mice men of the frozen north will be taken care of. <laughs> Sparkle said sagely. He went south. Mr. Elf said. <laughs> oh, he didn't have a name, did he? Didn't he didn't say mice men. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> and neither does Legolas. <clears throat> He didn't say mice men. 
He said mice and men. Frosh bent it. Frosh bent down to inspect the dusty stone altar once more, wiping the dust from the inscription and read it aloud. Splurge, the devourer of mice and men. Sparkles walked over and patted Frosh on the back. Look on the bright side. At least now your true name is Frosh the Doombringer. <laughs> None end. of this is his fault. He didn't even put the mouse on there. He's <laughs> he's so not involved in this story. He did fuck off. He did nothing. He's had creepy wizards telling him what to do and where to go, and creepy goblins showing up in his in his sleeping bag. <laughs> didn't even bring the mouse. <laughs> the guy sacrificed a mouse to himself, apparently. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I'm writing part three, which means... Yep. <laughs> okay, it's been long enough. There were bound to be parallels eventually, but this is almost the exact same situation as one of the other wizard stories, the one, the, the one without destiny. You know? Oh, where he was <laughs> the wizard who was so not involved in his own story that he just <laughs> fucked off in the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a solid story arc. <laughs> the main character who has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> yep. Look, what I want to know is, Jared, uh, do you like what I've done to your story? Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Could have used a few more dick jokes, but you know, we. Can, we... I I liked it without. Happens. I no, liked it yeah. without. No, no, I yeah, definitely yeah. didn't need them. It was... There was funny <clears throat> stuff. There was definitely funny oh, stuff for sure. And that was good. I'm proud was of you for setting out <laughs> to write a story that had no, uh, no <laughs> phallical joke jokery in it. And and you accomplished that, yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy I'm happy about that because the uh, <clears throat> the first draft that I wrote for the story uh, where <laughs> I tried to like shoehorn in like Ninja Turtles and like rats and sewers, it was just <laughs> all shit do- shit shit jokes. <laughs> so yeah, because they were in the sewer. Yeah. All right. I was gonna I was thinking like oh the river of dread could be like a river of poop right and that's why it's dreadful. <laughs> But um, instead, I thought it'd be funnier if it just came from the Mount Dread. This is much more on brand. A river. I think yeah. there's definitely more than one adult animation that would have taken the forest of mild inconvenience and then been like, oh, but actually there's like flesh eating werewolves in there. And like, <laughs> why would they call it that? You know, but yeah. this one really <laughs> was just a path that went uphill. And yeah. you're like... That was I feel awesome. Like that, that is how it would have been in my story too. Was just a yeah. path that's uphill and yeah. has maybe has some poison <laughs> ivy on it. <laughs> so I, was, I like that. That was definitely where I was thinking with that. So that was excellent. <laughs> I think uh, I think um, adult humor has to evolve, and that we are yeah. now at the forefront of it. We are going to. Stop being uh, nihilists who just think that and death and destruction and racist. anti-jokes are fun. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the next evolution I mean, of adult humor. 
What did you like about my story? <laughs> the thing that I liked. I mean, there were lots of things that I liked, so... But yeah. I'm now trying to... <laughs> focus on one thing in particular. Um... So, I, okay, rather than... I, I don't I actually don't want to move on to the thing that I liked first. First, I have a... I'm going to do something else. So, I, I have a question. You, at the introduction of the Goblin character, he says, I am splur... Splurch. Splurch, the eater of mice. <laughs> like, you know... His, uh, fake, how much... his fake name was not very creative yeah how much did you think that you were giving it away and like what was, oh, I, your, I was giving it away at all what was right your intent there. in doing that because it it was immediately giving it away to anyone who's paying attention yeah <laughs> no i thought i thought it'd be funny if like we knew that that was like splurge yeah, the yeah. Of mice. but the characters uh, and and like none idiots, of the characters had no so. idea <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're saying like oh my god oh my god and then the characters are like yeah. hey you want to eat some beef jerky it's like I'll go get a mouse body for you, you know. Like okay, <laughs> he comes back just his face covered in mouse blood. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the thing is you wrote it as if you were foreshadowing the possibility that he was actually the god, <laughs> but then in the end the reveal is uh, yeah, and you were yeah, right. Yeah, he, he yeah. definitely is. He, he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I mean that's what foreshadowing is. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That is, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, I want to give away all of it. I thought it was funny, yeah, to like not subvert it at all, yeah, and just have the characters be like kind of dumb, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, I think that rings true to how I set up that character as well. Yeah. He's just kind of dumb, along for the ride, because he couldn't talk his way out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm also. Uh... You continued the lack of imminent threat from part one. Like, Sparkles keeps saying we need to stop the mouse hordes. And he showed him, like, a like a dream sequence. And yeah. uh, still nothing is really happening. <laughs> so that does make me worry a bit about Sparkles. And, and I wonder, where did uh, to to What's his name? Torgoth? Or... Tulag. Tulag. Yeah, Tulag where, the what happened to Tulag the Vague? I want to know. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing something. So I think yeah. and if I were to continue yeah, he's the story. Guy's he's living up to his character. He's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> he would show up again in part three, yeah. I think. Or not. No. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the added elf character. It was uh, hmm. fun. I, I can't remember if I brought up elves. Or if it was just something I had thought about in relation to my part of the story. But... I can't um, remember either. Yeah. Anyways, no, it was a... Uh, yeah, no, I like <laughs> nice the elf too. Uh, it was a... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to play my hand here a little bit and tell you a little bit about the elf. Um, yeah, I didn't have sure. time to write something. Do you want to mm-hmm. hear it? I sure. guess, yeah, yeah, but this is there's all a part that I cut for flow, even though you're saying it non-canon, non-canonically. There was a part where, <laughs> on their way to the island, they were gonna run into more of the elves' like family, 
Uh, and they were all just going to be like buff Adonises, like like super <laughs> like because you know elves are always like thin and like wiry. So yeah, like yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be uh, funny. So these elves are all like fucking jacked as shit, and they're like carrying a moose <laughs> each, and they're like, huh, look at this little man. And then like they make fun of him, and then they leave. Oh, and I was like, that that kind of slowed the story down. <laughs> yeah, so but the, I didn't put it in the spindly little shit that was in this story is really fits better into my universe anyways <laughs> like a universe in my style anyways but, yeah you know. although i could see like uh, a much more expedient way to get that across would have been like if someone saw him and was like mighty scrawny for an elf you know and then that kind of would have just oh, established yeah. that you know i like that would have been a weird thing to say because yeah, I think I elves still, are scrawny. I, don't know. I still think it's funnier that all elves are just kind of dweeby, annoying yeah. runners. <laughs> like, <laughs> just on the whole, like, because they always... Yeah, elves are hard to... They always get the Lord of the Rings treatment. Like, they're paragons of virtue and so yeah. much better than humans. And <clears throat> Although elves are... They're just in their way. Elves are hard to subvert. Um, I think uh, I remember a lot of media uh, in the last uh, 10 or 20 years or whatever that has tried to subvert elves by making them like uh, second class citizens. You know, Um, the first one that pops into mind is uh, Dragon Age. The there were elves in that, but they were all like confined to the slums. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Also, um, uh, 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 Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, Dark, Dark Elves. elves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, it's easy to just take the opposite to like take an elf trait that everyone knows and then just make it uh, uh, extreme opposite. Like, no, they're not uh, all powerful. They're actually the you know the bootlickers, like. You know, that's not as much fun to me anymore. I think we're swinging back around to just elves can be more like regular fantasy elves. And you're like, huh, look at that. A scrawny, bitchy elf. Classic. (laughs) Classic elf. (laughs) Using a child's bow. Yeah. No, that was that was a fun scene. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see how I will justify his his being added to the story (laughs) yeah yeah because we've got a bunch of characters and none of them have any motivation except maybe sparkles so sparkles yeah sparkles yeah yeah but but now they've got an elf that (laughs) they don't need and a human i assume human who they never (laughs) needed and I'm like, I I don't want to have them just fuck off in the end. Yeah. I want to have them uh, have a purpose to being there. You know what? Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, our elf friend, what's his name? He doesn't have a name. Yeah, Mr. Elf. That yeah. was all he went by. <laughs> I think Mr. Elf, in my story, is going to get the girl that he was pining after. There you go. <laughs> so the girl is is his fucking love interest is named, but he's not. Yeah, right. That was a little bit. Is that intentional <laughs> his... too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it was intentional. I thought it was funny. Nobody. Asked. <laughs> if I ever said his but name, they never asked his, his name. His love interest, just an ogre. 
who lives by herself in the middle of the woods doesn't well, want any, doesn't want any company. She would be that a female character in a Todd story, so she would be very proud and strong and masculine. independent. Maybe yeah. masculine. Oh, dude, there you go. You got the key to key to the motivation problem of your story. <laughs> right there. The you know, ogre in the woods, the love interest could be the drill hero that we needed all along. No, yeah. no, no. The motivation is that Frosh in the end realizes, yo, I totally want to steal Mr. Elf's girl. And to do that, I need to save the world. <laughs> and you're going to help me, Elf. Whap. <laughs> Frosh achieved his goal, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Frosh is I, I feel like yeah. Frosh's main goal was to get like a cool true his, name. His goal was to summon the god. Uh, well... <laughs> No, oh, no, his his. At least when I read your story again <laughs> yeah. for like the second time, I was like, I was like, no. At the end, Frosh's like real motivation is like just to go on this quest to get rid of his name, Frost the Child Lover, Frost the Backstabber. <laughs> Jesus, like that. That's where he really doubled down. He's like, fuck it, I have to do this now. Like, yeah. I feel like before he was just kind of like half heartedly in it, and then he's like, fuck now, now I'm yeah. now I'm Frost the Child Lover. Well, his Ugh. mission is to could get be, could, could be read really wrong. Yeah, I thought his mission is just to get these weirdos off his back. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if if I go summon a god, will you leave me alone? Yeah. That was one thing that your story was missing was there was not nearly enough orphans in it. So, oh yeah, you know. that's right. <laughs> oh, sorry, you was... had orphanages like Starbucks. Well, in that case, yeah. the joke is played. I, I don't think yeah, we had to have no, more no. orphanages. I think we did. Well, look, I uh, yeah. I, I put in a retirement home, so yeah. it's good enough. Yeah. Retirement <laughs> homes can burn, yeah. They're just like orphanages for old I mean, I don't know. Tulog might have burned it. <laughs> Families dump them there when they don't want them anymore. You know, I'm going <laughs> to ask a real respectful question, and that way it'll also make my job easier. <laughs> uh, were there any jokes that we didn't laugh at hard enough that you were expecting more of a laugh from? <laughs> no, I think yeah. you guys laughed at all the jokes that I thought were supposed to be funny. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Except maybe not laughing at the tincture made from my own saliva and earwax. Uh, I thought that would be like a nice bit of gross-out stuff that's like not related to like dicks or poop at all. And um, I thought it was a reference but... to something that I didn't understand, so I just kind of... I got let, that it was just gross-out humor. Um, yeah. I got Cause that. like it's like I, I wanted it to be kind of clear that he just makes a lot of stuff out of his own earwax and body like you know <laughs> like skin shavings and stuff and and mice that part uh, and he's like I am an inventor and then it's really just all his earwax because he's yeah, a goblin yeah. he's not like <laughs> they're not they're not really well known as as like master inventors. he finds a sock and puts like, it on and he's like look I've invented the sock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So like the Master earbuds that fucking Frosh put on were obviously meant I to be did. Iraqs I wanted like to grass. do Dobby at some point. I forget what it was <laughs> that made me want to turn him into Dobby, but there was some there was something in there. Yeah. Dobby is free. Yeah, Dobby is free to eat all the humans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. mice. So yeah, I really liked the reveal in the end, and I liked, uh, I mean, the Goblin was a standout character in this one, because he also really yeah. helped the elf scene, where he was the one who was, like, trying to show, like, look, I, I, I'm I, tied up, 
You know, he's like, I think you're doing a great job yeah. uh, capturing us, Mr. Elf. You know, like he he helped that scene in the end. He he just popped out like, oh, I'm actually I'm going to eat humans, too. He was great. Yeah. Well done. Uh, nice job making an antagonist <clears throat> that is a lot of fun. A really fun antagonist. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it'd be fun to have... I don't know, like, he's not, like, a bad guy. He just wants to eat all the humans and mice. Like, he's just got this, like, I don't know, otherworldly compulsion to eat them. I, I yeah. mean, I guess I need and, like, to look that's into not really the evil. etymology of the word uh, antagonist, but I don't think he has to be evil to be an antagonist, so... Yeah, no, he doesn't have to be evil to be an antagonist. He, yeah. He's just, no, he just, he's just so consumed by his urge to eat. protagonist. yeah. Which is yeah. probably one of the characters it. in this story. Yeah, maybe. Sparkles. <laughs> Mr. Elf. It's... <laughs> That's odd. It's the only That's one with, the like, one character I didn't think it was. His honor. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he wasn't in the first one? or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm happy that you guys had a lot of fun with this yeah. dumb little story that I wrote. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, viewers, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, uh, rate us, review us. Um, uh, Look at him, love he's us doing and it. Thank us. <laughs> and uh, see ya. Don't oh, no, buy, out else. on a train. Oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. <laughs>